Here is the closing Schwab market update as of 4.15 p.m. Eastern Time, 15 minutes after market close for Thursday, September 29th. U.S. stocks declined sharply, giving back yesterday's solid gains that were boosted by the Bank of England's decision to purchase bonds to try to stabilize its financial system. Weekly initial jobless claims unexpectedly dropped, which seemed to be keeping expectations intact that the Fed will remain aggressive with its monetary policy, while UK Prime Minister Liz Truss defended her government's tax cuts that appeared to force the Bank of England's decision. The markets also digested unrevised second-quarter GDP data that showed a second straight quarterly contraction, while inflation measures for the quarter were revised higher and personal consumption was adjusted upward. Treasury yields rebounded from yesterday's drop and the U.S. dollar continued to fall. Crude oil prices declined despite the landfall of Hurricane Ian in Florida and gold traded lower. In equity news, shares of CarMax fell after missing earnings estimates. Starbucks shares declined despite raising its quarterly dividend as part of a broader sell-off in the equity markets. Asia finished mixed and Europe traded to the downside as the global markets continued to react to volatile action in the currency and bond markets that was amplified by yesterday's Bank of England decision. The Dow Jones Industrial Average decreased 458 points, or 1.5%, to 29,226. The S&P 500 Index fell 79 points, or 2.1%, to 3,640. And the Nasdaq Composite dropped 314 points, or 2.8%, to 10,738. In moderate volume, 4.6 billion shares of NYSE-listed stocks were traded, and 4.5 billion shares also changed hands on the NASDAQ. WTI crude oil lost $0.92 to $81.23 per barrel. Elsewhere, the gold spot price declined $0.80 to $1,669.20 per ounce, and the dollar index went down 0.5% to 112.15. In equity news on Thursday, CarMax, ticker symbol KMX, reported fiscal second quarter earnings per share of $0.79, well below the $1.39 faxed estimate, with revenues rising 2% year-over-year to $8.1 billion, south of the street's forecast of $8.5 billion. The auto dealer said total retail used unit sales declined 6.4% year-over-year and same-store sales fell 8.3%, citing a number of macroeconomic factors such as vehicle affordability challenges that stem from widespread inflationary pressures as well as climbing interest rates and low consumer confidence. CarMax fell over 20%. Starbucks, ticker symbol SBUX, announced that it will increase its quarterly cash dividend by 8.2% to $0.53 per share. The company has increased its dividend in each of the past 12 years. Shares traded lower amid the broad sell-off in the equity markets. The S&P 500 gave back all of yesterday's rebound, dropping back to levels not seen since 2020, with another sign of a tight labor market preserving expectations that the Fed will continue to aggressively tighten monetary policy to fight inflation pressures. The recent market action is discussed in the article titled, Stock Market Volatility Worries Mount. 
Meanwhile, as the markets gear up for the start of third quarter earnings season in a couple weeks, Schwab's chief investment strategist Liz Ann Saunders discusses in her latest article titled Earnings Trampled Underfoot how the bear market has been driven by multiple compression, making valuations look relatively compelling, but expected weakness in earnings may limit the upside potential for stocks. You can follow Lizanne on Twitter, at Lizanne Saunders. And you can read all of our market commentary on our insights and education page, and you can follow us on Twitter, at Schwab Research. In economic news on Thursday, weekly initial jobless claims came in at a level of 193,000 for the week ended September 24th, while below the Bloomberg consensus estimate of 215,000 and the prior week's downwardly revised 209,000 level. The four-week moving average declined by 8,750 to 207,000, and continuing claims for the week ended September 17th decreased by 29,000 to 1,347,000, south of estimates of 1,385,000. The four-week moving average of continuing claims fell by 22,500 to 1,381,250. The final look of three at second quarter gross domestic product, the broadest measure of economic output, showed a quarter-over-quarter annualized rate of contraction of 0.6%, unrevised from the second release and matching estimates. First quarter's figure was unadjusted at a 1.6% contraction. Personal consumption was revised higher to a 2% rise for the second quarter from the previous estimate of a 1.5% gain and versus expectations to be unrevised. First quarter consumption was adjusted lower to a 1.3% rise. On inflation, the GDP price index was revised higher to a 9% gain versus estimates to be unrevised at an 8.9% increase. And the core PCE index, which excludes food and energy, was adjusted upward to a 4.7% advance compared to expectations of an unadjusted 4.4% gain. Treasury yields rebounded from yesterday's drop as the yield on the two-year note gained nine basis points to 4.18%. The yield on the 10-year note rose six basis points to 3.77%, and the 30-year bond rate increased two basis points to 3.71%. Bond yields and the U.S. dollar have been elevated as of late, bolstered by the Fed hiking rates by 75 basis points for a third straight meeting last week. Schwab's chief fixed income strategist, Kathy Jones, discusses the Fed's decision in her latest article titled, With Inflation Offsides, the Fed Keeps Hiking, which included downgraded economic growth forecasts and an increased unemployment rate outlook as inflation remains the central bank's primary concern. She also provides analysis of the greenback in her commentary titled, The Strong Dollar, Can It Continue? You can follow Kathy on Twitter at Kathy Jones. Tomorrow's economic calendar will come in hot, beginning with the highly anticipated reads on the August PCE deflator and core PCE, with the former expected to grow 0.1% month-over-month and 6% year-over-year, and the latter forecasted to rise 0.5% month-over-month and 4.7% year-over-year. 
Along with that, we will get August reports on personal income, predicted to rise 0.3% month-over-month, and personal spending, expected to gain 0.2% month-over-month. Additionally, data on Chicago PMI for September is estimated to show a reading of 51.8, which is lower than the previous month's level of 52.2, but still in expansion territory with a reading above 50. The final read on September's University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index will round out the day, anticipated to remain at the preliminary estimate of 59.5. In international news on Thursday, stocks in Europe traded lower as the market continued to digest yesterday's announcement from the Bank of England that it will buy long-term bonds to try to stabilize its financial markets. The moves came as the British pound and the euro have dropped sharply this year, with the former hitting multi-decade lows and bond yields in the region have surged. The weakness in the currency markets on this side of the pond and spike in global interest rates have resulted from central banks around the world, led by the Fed, having tightened monetary policies aggressively, including the Bank of England, to try to arrest persisting global inflation pressures. The Bank of England's decision has been said to be in reaction to the potential impact of the UK government's recently announced plan that included the largest tax cuts since the 1970s. Prime Minister Liz Truss noted that, quote, we had to take urgent action to get our economy growing, and that means taking controversial and difficult decisions, end quote. She also defended the tax cut measures and suggested they won't change course, noting, quote, I'm very clear the government has done the right thing. This is the right plan, end quote. The inflation picture remained worrisome as Germany reported the first double-digit year-over-year increase in consumer price inflation in the Eurozone's history. Well, the energy crisis in the region stemming from the ongoing war in Ukraine has exacerbated the situation. Further complicating the energy crisis, earlier this week, the Nord Stream pipeline system, which transports Russian gas throughout the region, suffered damage and has led to several gas leaks in the Baltic Sea. This damage solidified concerns that Europe may have to survive the winter without significant Russian gas flows. The pound rallied and the euro traded higher versus the U.S. dollar after both reversed to the upside yesterday on the heels of the Bank of England's actions. Bond yields in the U.K. rebounded solidly from Wednesday's drops, and yields in the eurozone were mostly higher, with Switzerland's rates being the exception. Schwab's chief global investment strategist Jeffrey Kleintop notes in his latest article entitled, What's Next? Good, Bad, and Ugly?, that the persistence of global inflation could determine which of the three paths central banks may follow and which market qualities investors might consider for their portfolios. You can follow Jeff on Twitter, at Jeffrey Kleintop. The UK FTSE 100 index fell 1.8%, Spain's IBEX 35 index dropped 1.9%, France's CAC 40 index was down 1.5%, Germany's DAX index declined 1.7%, Italy's FTSE MIB index tumbled 2.4%, and Switzerland's Swiss market index traded 0.9% lower. Stocks in Asia finished mixed with yesterday's decision from the Bank of England to purchase bonds and try to stabilize its financial system, along with a rebound in the U.S. offering a positive lead-in. 
However, the global markets continue to be uneasy amid the sharp rise in the U.S. dollar, which has weighed on the Japanese yen and China's currency. Moreover, bond yields around the globe have moved solidly higher to exacerbate sentiment and concerns about a global recession. The tightening world financial conditions have come as central banks in North America, the Eurozone, and the UK have moved to make monetary policies restrictive to fight persisting inflation pressures. The actions have been led by the ultra-aggressive measures out of the U.S., boosting the U.S. dollar's rally to fresh multi-decade highs. Adding further downside pressure on currencies in Japan and China, the Bank of Japan and China's central bank have bucked the trend as China even loosened policy to try to boost the world's second-largest economy that has been hampered by the impact of COVID-related lockdowns, regulatory crackdowns, real estate issues, and elevated geopolitical tensions with the U.S. Schwab's Jeffrey Kleintop provides commentary on China's situation in his article titled China Q&A Top 5 Questions, discussing various topics including inflationary concerns, currency movements, government policies, and more. In economic news in the region, South Korea's October manufacturing and non-manufacturing business surveys both declined. Japan's Nikkei 225 index rose 1% with the yen giving back some early gains in late-day action as the U.S. dollar and treasury yields rebounded from yesterday's drops. The yen remains near multi-decade lows versus the greenback given the divergence of monetary policies. Australia's S&P ASX 200 index advanced 1.4% and South Korea's KOSPI index ticked 0.1% higher. However, China's Shanghai Composite Index dipped 0.1%, the Hong Kong Hang Seng Index declined 0.5%, and India's S&P BSE Sensex 30 Index decreased 0.3%. Tomorrow's international economic calendar will come in heavy with reads on Germany's unemployment change and retail sales, GDP figures out of the UK, and the Eurozone's inflation data. In Asia, China's manufacturing and services PMIs will be released, along with South Korea's and Japan's industrial production, Japan's retail sales, and the Reserve Bank of India's monetary policy decision.